Hey, Luan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I am so glad to have you here with me. I'm happy to be here too. Yes, yes. This is such an important topic that we are here to talk about. So I cannot wait. Let me, I'm running all behind today. So I'm just pulling up my stuff. I hear you. Yes. So, everyone, welcome to tonight's episode of the More Than a Mother podcast live. I am your host, Luan Moses, back with you again for another great episode. Joining me tonight in the guest chair is Ariel St. White, and she is going to introduce herself to all of us. So before we get started, Ariel, if you could just go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us just a little bit about you. Yes. Well, my name's Ariel, and uh, I was I, I loved that Lawan invited me to be here today. And we're going to be talking about early sex education for kids and our role in that as parents. And um, just a little bit of intro. I'm the founder of an organization called My Little Yoni, and this is My Little Yoni. And for anyone who's not looking at the video. My Little Yoni is the world's first vulva superhero. And um, just as a symbol, she she's destigmatizing the vulva and the vagina, um, a really friendly, fun character that parents love, moms love, kids love. And there's so much shame and taboo around bodies and sexuality, and specifically female bodies, that when it came to teaching accurate early sex ed, uh, we found that My Little Yoni is the perfect character to do that. So I'm really the woman behind the curtain. My Little Yoni is the star. Um, <laughs> and we uh, we have a 10 book early sex ed series for parents. And um, really cool thing as a not-for-profit is that while we sell our book series, we donate our book series to families in need. And that's probably the thing that excites me most because not only are we committed to getting this education out for free as widely as possible, um, when books are able to go to um, disadvantaged neighborhoods through either donations um, or through, uh, you know, th from customers who actually purchase the books, not only is that getting this education to families but it's also helping with literacy because most people don't realize that having new books inside the house is uh, it's a privilege. It's not a given. And in a lot of areas in the U.S., there's book deserts where there might be one new good one new book for every 300 households. And so we're uh, we're passionate about um, sex ed, but we're also passionate about education in general. Yeah, that's that's really impactful. And like I said, a lot of people don't realize those stats that exist. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, before we dive into all the adventures of My Little Yoni and all that you talk about with sex ed, body positivity, all of that, if you could just kind of give us just a little background as to what puts you on this path that you're on today. Yes. Um, well, going way back... My mother was a survivor of sexual abuse and sexual violence. And um, so two things happened because of that. Um, one thing is that that was a real wound that she had to deal with that, um, that prevented her in certain ways from showing up as the mom she wanted to be. 
But then it also, because she was such an amazing, epic lady, um, she was committed to that kind of thing never happening to me. And so she was really honest with me, probably too honest with me. <laughs> so I grew up from the time I was a, young, a pretty young kid knowing about the dark side of mm -hmm. what's going on out there and just knowing that um, Houston, we have a problem. You know, especially those female bodies, bodied ones of us, you know. Um, so that was the first part of it. And then cut to um, when I was 18 and first out on my own and working and going to school, um, I started studying somatic psychology. So that's body-mind, the connection of the body-mind. Um and I started training in uh, healing arts, and my degree was in personal development with a focus on human sexuality. And especially when you, I mean, at that time, I'm, I'm 37 now, so this is almost 20 years ago. Um, meditation, healing, self-love, like that was not really in the, in the conversation too much. Um, so I discovered a lot of it on my own. But as I started doing my own healing on myself, um, I realized that sexuality, even in the new age scene, or, or even in the um, world of healing, sexuality still often didn't get addressed. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, okay, of course, in the mainstream, this isn't getting talked about, but even with the hippies, where you should be able to talk about everything. And so that's where I started focusing on female sexuality. So my first business was actually... Um, coaching and leading retreats and teaching in the space of female pleasure and female sexuality. And from there, I'm also an artist. And so um, My Little Yoni started with just this, it actually started with the dream. I was inside the Yoniverse in this dream and saw the character My Little Yoni. And it delighted me so much. I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this. Um, and so it was a side art project and it was really only um, in the last, few years where it's like, okay, yes, she's this amazing character, but she's got a very important mission. And that is focusing um, on sex education. But that came from conversations with moms. You know, my, my role has been listening more than anything. And it, it actually surprised me that moms were the ones who adopted the symbol and said, yes, like she, we want her in the home. We want her around our kids. And so um, that's kind of led us to here. That's amazing. And the way you were able to take your creativity, I think that's what really speaks to it because you're creative in so many different ways. And I can see why moms are receptive to my little Yoni because thinking as a mom with two with a teenager and a preteen, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this was, this is going to make the sex conversation so much easier because you have this symbol, you have these books. So it makes that conversation easy because as you said, Sex is not really talked about. It's crazy because we people have it. Like that's the thing. We have it. Every, people are having sex, but nobody's talking about it. I just had such a stigma about it, especially raised as a female and the different ideas about it. And girls shouldn't talk about that. Like that's how it was back then. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But now it kind of gives that, I guess, kind of freedom to it to be able to open the door for parents to have these conversations. 100%. And then also knowing that keeping things in the shadows, that's never good. You know, like, 
Like, it doesn't make the shame go away. It actually makes the shame act out in a way that can ha- cause a lot of harm. And and also it's like, stop, stop blaming women. Stop blaming the vulva. Stop, you know, it's, it's like, and, and, um, and so hiding, hiding, I'll just say that the, the pussy is not gonna, which we don't use that language, um, obviously, within our series, but hiding that, um, that's not the answer. And so a lot of people don't realize that uh, with the internet and where culture's gotten to, and because schools don't handle it, and states don't handle it, and our government certainly doesn't handle it. Um, you know, most kids are learning from porn. So it's like, what would you like to have the first introduction be? A, a conversation you're having or a book starring this very um, this very sweet non-sexual character? Because that's the other thing. Um, body parts are body parts. And that's part of the genius of My Little Yoni is that she's this, she's this fun powerful joyful character but there's nothing sexual about her and the reality is there's nothing intrinsically sexual about our vulvas i mean they're they're just as much a gateway to life and birth as they are anything else right and so that that's why with sex ed it, it actually starts way before sexuality starts coming online it starts with anatomy it's like this is your penis this is your vulva the vulva is a little bit more complicated, so learning all the parts that go along with it. And it's, it, it's so wonderful, and I'm, I'm sure some of the people who are with us right now can relate to this. When kids are young enough, they're just learning about everything. There's no taboo with them. There's no story. So you can say, that's the sun, this is a tree, and you know this is your body, and here are all the parts. And they're just like, okay, cool. They're learning about everything. So that's why ideally as young as possible is the time to be talking about um proper anatomy no yeah and i believe like you said it gets sexualized and it's it's anatomy before it's anything it's anatomy so i like how you broke that down because everybody associates that anatomy with sex when you think about it so i really like how you broke that down now i know somebody had a question because you talked about uh porn being how kids are being introduced to sex and sex ed today. So someone asked the question, when do you think we should start as parents start talking to our kids about sex since that porn is such an influence right now? Totally. So backing up just a little, one reframe we like to offer parents is that, um, that starting to have these conversations with your kids and sex ed in general, it's not a one-time conversation. So the idea of we sit them down and have the talk with a capital T, you know, we can just let that one go. And what's much more helpful is that sex education and these conversations is an, it's an ongoing series of conversations that happens over years and that happens over the course of development. Um, so two things on that. Um, if, if we're looking at comprehensive sex ed guidelines, which is what we um, used when we created the entire book series, it's, it's you know, just anatomy lessons starts around three, starts between three and five. And you're not even talking about sexuality at that point, it's body parts. Um, when it comes to, then when it comes to understanding how babies are made, you know, that that's that's between like five and seven. 
when it comes to, and then there's other components of sex education that are oftentimes make adults uncomfortable, but shouldn't, I'll say, such as um, masturbation, you know, and like, it's very normal and natural for kids to touch their bodies. And even that, even when they're giving their own bodies pleasure, it's not even about sex at that point. It's about, I'm a human being alive in this body and I'm discovering my body and oh, wow, this, this feels good. Now what I will share, and this is, this is central to everything we um, offer parents is um, you, you want to, a lot of it is letting your kids ask you questions and then just being honest with them. And also knowing that you can learn side by side with them. So, cause look, it's we, we, very few parents uh, our age had great education to begin with. So take the pressure off. You're not expected to know everything. It's more about just building that trust between you, noticing if shame or discomfort does rise in you and then going and doing your own work so you're not putting that on your kids ideally and then also knowing it's it's you don't it's not a you have one opportunity and if you mess it up that's it um it could be hey i'm not really sure but let's read this book together or go check out this book or you know what that's a great question i'm gonna think about it and get back to you um but i even though there are recommended guidelines on when to introduce which subjects. Um, and that's why we created the book series because it's all age appropriate. Um, there's also the reality that kids develop at different rates. So there might be one kid who's asking about sex at five. So that's where you'd want to get to have something that's appropriate for that. Um, or you like my son, even though he grew up with my little Yoni, he's known forever where babies come from, you know, he wasn't curious about that stuff. Now, in the case of them never asking questions, just in terms of preparing them for the over-sexualized cu culture we live in, you do want to start introducing. And that's where um, I think the books are great because it's like, okay. I, my, my kid's now eight and hasn't asked anything, maybe I could start introducing this. So I, I feel like I just talked for a very long time, but hopefully <laughs> that translates. You know, that definitely, it definitely translated. One thing I took from that is how it's an ongoing conversation. And so many of us grew up and it was the talk. And that's a lot of mentality that people have that you have this one talk and then it's over and done with. And there's so much pressure in that talk that is really awkward if you think about it for not only the kid, but then also the parent that is doing the talk. So I like how you said it's gradual over time. And even someone that's here in the comments saying how they do age appropriate conversations and as the kids develop over time, introduce new things. So I think that is really important to put out there for any mom or anyone who is listening and having to, because we all have to talk about it. So the importance of talking about it and you really touched on the communication piece and I feel that's another piece how it's kind of that open door type of communication it's not like okay this is one talk that we have right now after that the subject is over or even building that communication in different areas of life so that when something does arise for your child they are able to come to you and ask you about it and not feel that you are going to flip out lose it or whatever it is so I think 
it's so much the communication piece and recognizing that it's just something that is ongoing and it's not like a one and done thing. Totally. And I love what you said at the end there in terms of, um, yeah, just, just you can building conversations around different subjects too. So it's really just the overarching theme of establishing yourself as the trusted person to come to. Um, and I think you can also enroll like aunties and other people too. So it's, it's a, you know, ideally a, a, just a community of loving adults where it's cause, cause look, it's, there's going to be certain things that we don't want to share with our parents, but this is such a key subject matter that um, when we assume school's going to handle it, that's a problem. Because the reality is, um, and this, these stats are always changing just a little bit, but only 29 states require sex education. And only 23 states require it to be medically accurate. So what does that even mean? Less than half of the states require sex ed to be accurate. Um, only seven states require consent education, which, hello, I would say consent and boundaries is an important part of sex yeah. and education. So, so when, when, and I don't fault any parent. I didn't know this a few years ago. So, you know, I don't, I don't fault anyone for not knowing that, but I think it's important to know that because once a parent hears that, it's like, oh boy, there's more motivation in um, providing sex ed inside the home. Uh, so that, yeah, I just think that's an important piece. Yeah, that is important. And I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely was a going to ask you about that so I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people do have this false sense of security I guess that the schools are going to handle it so I don't have to handle it because that's what we know you talk about it in school like that is what the growing up that's what the generations have done you talk about it with other people you're not really talking about it in the home and as someone said even the schools that do it teach it and gloss over it so I like how you put those stats out there so parents can really know that this is not being touched on in every state. It's not being, it's not necessarily have to be accurate. And then even the consent and boundaries, that is such a huge piece of it. The fact that we know that there are boundaries and we know that we have the ability to consent or not, that is an education piece in itself. Yeah, completely. And, and we have um, the fourth book in our series is called All About Consent. So they're all the Yoni Magic series, um, but there's 10 books. And this one's all about consent. It's ages five to eight plus. But we don't even talk about sexual consent specifically. It's more all the groundwork of just knowing that your body is your body and your voice is your voice. And that, and also other people's bodies are their bodies, right? And just like laying the groundwork for, for consent. And that like you said, that just goes into so many different areas of life. So that in itself is important. Now, I know you briefly touched on masturbation. And I wanted to talk about this because, again, we don't talk about sex. We don't talk about masturbation. It's not things it's like those things. You don't talk about those in public. But you said in just reading over everything, you sent me how it's in how ways that we can talk about masturbation. Also, why it is so important, especially for girl children. Can you share that with us? Yes, for sure. There's a there's a book I recommend, which it doesn't speak specifically about masturbation per se, but there's a book I find really interesting by Peggy Ornstein called Girls and Sex. 
And um, she's done a tremendous amount of research. But there's this interesting phenomena that um, inside households, and this is even for more liberally minded parents, there's something that happens, which is when generally when they have boy children, they'll be like, here's your nose, here's your chest, here's your belly button, here's your penis, here are your knees. And with girls, they'll say, here's your nose, here's your chest, here's your belly button, here are your knees. Just like skipping over that. And, and the reason why I started with sharing that in response to your question is because it kind of points to the general unconscious discomfort we have with, with the vulva, with the yoni. So that's one piece. So back to what I shared at the beginning. Anatomy, really important, just naming it. Accurate anatomy. Um, then the, the, the other thing is um, there's a lot of conditioning um, that's inherited from thousands of years of culture of, you know, our role as women is to be mothers. And guess what? We don't become mothers without, well, generally, you know, like we, we, to be a mother implies partner sex, right? So the one time sex is okay is for procreation. And there's no saying that um, a woman had pleasure necessarily in that process. Not sure. So, you know, it's like, it's like, it's okay to be a mother. It's not okay to have pleasure. And, um, and, and things have been changing so much. Like I am in, so encouraged to see at least in, uh, it, among you know women our age I feel like there's more coaches and women embracing one of my my favorite podcasts ever good moms bad choices you know they're sex positive um single moms and they're always talking about this and embracing pleasure for moms and that's so cool but um there is more room for us to start these conversations even earlier and of course, that's going to be moms having those having those conversations. So um, I know that for myself and pretty much all the women I've ever talked to, there's been a reclamation that's important. It's like, okay, I'm, I, I, I'm deciding that pleasure is important and learning to give that to myself. But what if we could just not shut girls down from the beginning <laughs> in terms of, and it doesn't mean when it comes to including masturbation in sex education, some people get really uncomfortable. You're, you're teaching our kids to masturbate. It's like, no, 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 that's not it at all. It's more that just normalizing. Like it's really normal to have a body and to discover what things feel like. And if you observe your kid humping a pillow or this or that, with this book, you have more tools to just talk about it. So it's not a how-to, you're not giving your kids sex toys. Like, no, what it is, is just, um, just having the information to normalize it. And, and it's also true that some kids never, never do that. And that's also okay. So it's not about, and this is the theme, not just with masturbation, but all of the subject matter. We, you never wanna layer stuff, on, lay stuff onto your kids. But if you make an observation, okay, she's humping pillows. Oh, wow. And now she's humping pillows in public. <laughs> you know, that, that's an opening. That's a window 
into having a conversation of wow doesn't it feels good you're like it doesn't isn't the body amazing like you're you're full of the belongs to you and i you know that i bet it feels amazing that's also that's something private to do in your own room and that's also something for you that like that's your your body belongs to you again that's where consent can come in yeah that's good and looking for those windows and openings and having those conversations when those opportunities really kind of present themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's unfortunate when the conversation gets co-opted um, into headlines, there was, um, uh, yeah, an incredible educator in, in New York about a year ago where like she was actually teaching sex ed to high schoolers. And then these, um, but she, but she was also in charge of an entire kindergarten through 12th grade sex ed program. And, it, and again, following comprehensive sex ed guidelines, which are well established in countries like Holland and where they really get it right. Um, and there was this PR spin some parents really didn't like. She was, she was actually teaching um, a, a porn literacy class for juniors and seniors in high school which which is important because we all know that they've been exposed at that point. Yeah. But some parents were, were so against it that they hired a PR firm to attack the sex educator. And, um, and I'm not going to name news outlets, but overnight, this private citizen, she woke up to like headlines all over saying, you know, she, th this ed educator is teaching kindergartners how to masturbate. Wow. And that's not it at all. That's not it at all. And I don't even know why I'm bringing, it, bringing that up. I just find it interesting. So that's why we, we personally stay out of the schools and mm -hmm. we talk directly to parents. Because I'm like, look, not all parents are going to want this, but every single parent I've talked to, I, I'm blessed to say, they are grateful for something my, like my little Yoni. Yeah. Because they want their kids to have a, a better time of it than they did. Yeah, that's a great tool. And we're going to dive into more about the Yoni Magic series. But before we go into that, when you were talking about the parents' roles in sex education, I know it's not easy to kind of have, for parents to have these conversations. So what are some first, because say they did, parents didn't start when their kids were younger because we we're talking about anatomy and how it's a gradual process. So if we have parents that are listening that have preteens or teens and perhaps have never really approached the subject, what are some ways that they can start to do that? That's such a great question. Yeah. So we always say it's never too early to, to start these conversations and it's also never too late. Um, so like depending on the age range, um, I mean, I would say being really curious you know, just, just being curious, even, even asking, like, you might learn, you might learn something for your, from your kids too, you know, by that age, who knows what they know. That's and you're just like, Hey, what do, what, what, what do you and your friends talk about? And just like, but truly kids are the ultimate, they know when there's BS. So yeah. like release agenda, right? Especially if you haven't played that role the first thing is just starting to connect. And, um, and if you can truly release agenda and show up with curiosity, you'd be surprised what kind of conversations start happening. 
And then I think also just coming to the table and um, establishing, you know, I, 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 I love you and I, I want you to be safe, but I love you and I want you to be safe from a place of openness as opposed to coming at them with, with fear or intensity. Because that, that's just not fun. They're not going to want to hear that. So that's what I would say around that. And um, certain things like we have our um, the power of period books and that's that's for, you know, 10 plus generally. I mean, sometimes kids are or girls are getting their periods younger than that. But I would say even even our series, like it's geared towards younger kids. But Yoni is a pretty cool character. Like you can even you could even ask like, wow, my friend was telling me about this. And you, you know, like there's ways of just starting the conversation that are, um, it's like planting seeds and doing it gently. Or another, another thing that is uh, a natural opening is just the world we live in. Like we, we don't realize, I think it's like 14,000 sexualized images a year is what the average person is exposed to, even if they're not looking for it. I'm talking just billboards, shows on TV, et cetera. And so if you experience something that's really charged together, you can press pause and be like, wow, this is that that made me feel this. How are you feeling about that? And that can be a doorway into talking about bodies and sex and everything else. Yeah, current events are really good for conversation and does how I use those myself with a lot of those conversations that may be kind of quote-unquote uncomfortable or difficult to approach looking at some current events because as you said especially in social media world that we live in constantly connected kids are seeing stuff that we probably never were exposed to at a lot younger ages so using these current events and things that are happening definitely are great conversation starters and I can speak to that myself totally yeah so tell us more about my Little Yoni and the Yoni Magic Book Series. For sure. Um, well, I feel like we've covered a lot of the uh, a lot of the ground uh, ground layer already. But Yoni, world's first vulva superhero, super awesome. Her mission in life is to smash shame monsters. And then there's ten books in our series, and so the first two. Um, there's Amazing Truth, that's going over vulva anatomy. The next book in the series is Spectacular Truth, that's going over um, uh, male anatomy. And then we have What's the M Word? That's getting into masturbation, focused on uh, uh, female bodies, though. We have All About Consent. We have Creating Life, which is getting into... Uh, when the when the sperm and egg come together, how babies actually get made. Um, we have loving LGBTQ plus, which is super cool. Um, we have beyond the birds and the bees, which is getting more into partner sex. We have breaking the binary, um, which is getting into gender identity. And and I'll I'll pause on that. So our series. Um, yeah, our, our, our series were like, we, we had to think really hard about what does inclusive mean for us. And for us, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I identify as queer. No one would know that looking at me. 
I just look like a cis white woman, right? Um, so my entire life has been uh, celebrate and love everyone. And I think that's absolutely how it should be. But for example, we have this book, A New Baby is Coming, which is all about um, understanding pregnancy and, and emotionally preparing to be an older sibling, which I think is a really important, important thing. And um, when we were in the review process, because we had a whole, we had like 30 incredible reviewers. Some were professional sex educators, psychologists, doctors, and also moms. One of the feedback we got was that because we used the word mother in this book, it wasn't inclusive. And wow. that made me so sad. And I was like, well, okay, then I guess this book can't be inclusive if that's what you're saying. Because for me, I don't feel okay completely taking away the, mo the word mother. Right. Right. So, but like, I like being really honest about that because if you don't like the word mother, then maybe this isn't the book. But if, if, if we can say, Hey, maybe there's a conversation beyond some of the fighting that's happening right now, which is, you know, like mother earth. Like I, I still think the concept of mother is a really important one. So that's we, why we decided to include and keep mother, but with yeah, breaking the binary, yeah, breaking the binary gets into gender identity. And we just wanted to dedicate a whole book to that. Um, and then power of periods, understanding periods. That's awesome. And I love how it's such a wide variety of topics and how you really touch on everything. And you were intentional in that, just listening to you tell your story of how each one came about and the thought process that you put into it. You were really intentional with everything that you did and you really said touch so many people and touch on so many things and going to make so many conversations easier for a lot of parents. And someone said that you're happy that you kept mother in the book. Yeah. I mean, that is important. It's sad that it was, you were told that it's not inclusive, but that is such an important role. So but yeah, you were very intentional and really touched on everything. So that is just really phenomenal in itself. And someone else commented that they had no idea that My Little Yoni was for this. And they're so glad because they've been dreading this subject and they are loving the approach. So you have definitely helped a lot of people that are listening right now, approaching this subject, giving us tools, creating this series, having the cool little superhero which I mean to me that is just dynamic I keep talking about your creativity but I never would have thought of someone creating a Volvo superhero superhero so that right there in itself like oh okay it's a way to embrace it and really switch up and as you said kind of reframe those conversations reframe those thoughts and kind of reclaim that body positivity part and I like how you said you're crushing those shamers because there's so much shame when you think about the body beyond uh, the vagina, all of that, there's so much body shame and a lot of negativity when it comes to the body. So this is kind of a way of reclaiming that power and introducing body positivity at a young age. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I love that Yoni too, She's she gets to be everyone's superhero, you know, and that's the amazing thing is she's like, 
And I get it. Human humanity's had a had had you know had some challenges over the course of the last few hundred or few thousand years. And what's great about my little Yoni is she gets to swoop in and be like, "Hey guys, like I love all of you, and here's what I see." And and like you said, reclaim your power. Um, and I love that because um, when yeah when. My little Yoni is hosting a conversation. It's like all the things that oftentimes divide us. It's just, it doesn't come up because she, she comes from a different place. So. That's great. It's something everyone can relate to, as you said. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say in all that you have done, all that you've created, came up with, everything that you've been on in this life journey so far, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey? Ever total? Whatever, any part of your life. You said you're 37, so just thinking about life in general, what has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far? Oh, man. I feel like there's so many levels to that, but I'll just get really current. Um, this, this weekend, my uh, husband got to celebrate his 50th birthday with some of our dearest friends. Um, and he actually, sorry, there's a helicopter, LA, right. air traffic. <laughs> um, but he turned, he turned 50 in January and his, um, his mom passed, passed away just around that time. Oh, wow. So we've been in, you know, a real process with that. And so he didn't celebrate, uh, you know, we didn't celebrate his birthday. And then this weekend he got celebrated he I don't know that he's ever felt so loved and I know I'm talking about him but to be able to show up and just um just love him and then also have our closest friends love him and just see it's almost like taking like like up leveling taking a whole step up mm -hmm. and just seeing how happy he is and then how that comes back to me is, I mean, there's really nothing better than loving the people around us, right? And just seeing how I, I'm receiving, like, I'm happier than I've been, you know, in a, in a few months through just like getting out of my own way and making sure he's super loved. And I think that that is, that's something for me to remember with my little Yoni too, because that's what it's about. And, and I felt that way very much um, last year when we did our crowdfunding to create the, the book series. And it's like, okay, that theme, just get out of the way, show up with love, and everything's going to be great. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I would say. I absolutely love that. Get out of the way and show up with love. That is just phenomenal. So if you could just please, I thank you so much. This is a fabulous interview. If you could just please tell the audience where they can connect with you, where we can find My Little Yoni, all that great stuff. Absolutely. Well, I, since we're right here on uh, Instagram Live right now, come on over to My Little Yoni. Um, I follow us and we're, I mean, I, I, I love this conversation today. Um, and we do run giveaways. So of course you can buy buy the books and know that when you buy the books um we donate books alongside of that so not only are you getting it for your kids or for kids in your life you're also making sure that other kids who can't afford it get these books um our website mylittleyoni.com 
Um, we have a newsletter where we're always sending out incredible free information. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a fun universe. It's a fun universe. I hope you join us. Oh, I love that fun universe. And I see someone has already joined and people are saying that they just absolutely, absolutely love this. And I truly did enjoy this conversation. And for the podcast, those that aren't watching this live, I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes so that everyone can find you. But I thank you, Ariel, for joining me. This was a great conversation. I know I got a lot from it. and Everyone here seems to have really enjoyed it. So I really appreciate you being here and sharing all of this with us. Absolutely, Luan, and I really enjoyed it, too. Thank you. Thank you. So have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye.